Okay, guys, this is part two of talking about decluttering, why it's so hard, how we can get through it, what are some of the things that hold us back, and uh, we're going to get to how to bust through some of these excuses that we have, but uh, we were talking about Marisa Zing, Z-H-E-N-G, and she has A to Zen, uh, A to Zen Life YouTube, where she talks about decluttering. And um, we're going to start with some negative emotions behind clutter. Boredom is one. And she talks about how we need to find ways to be content. Um, and not be bored. Find other activities to do. Um, I I once listened to uh, someone talk about ADHD and organization and how she wrote when she, a list of things to do when she starts to feel bo bored that will keep her from uh, doing things that she should not be doing out of boredom, like eating or, you know, shopping and spending money on things that she doesn't need. Um, so she started journaling and started making lists of things that she could do instead. Now, another thing um, this goes into is when we envy other people and what they have. We should practice gratitude. We can also uh, journal that on a page, a gratitude journal. When we start feeling like we've neglected ourselves when we really haven't, we can go look at that list of the things that we are, are grateful for. Um, now, another thing that holds us back in decluttering is fear. All those what ifs. What if I miss it? What if I need it? What if someone gave it to me as a gift and they see that I've let it go and I hurt someone's feelings? Uh, what if I run out? You know, that toilet paper that we collected <laughs> during the pandemic. Have we used all of that yet? Or do we still have a stockpile? Um, so let's trust in our abilities to make these decisions. Let's trust ourselves and our abilities. Guilt and waste. Um, we feel guilty because we feel like if we let go of something that it, we've, wasted our money well the thing is the waste doesn't come when you let it go the waste was when you purchased it and you didn't need it or use it so you already wasted the money you already have it you already don't use it and don't need it so let's donate it so someone else can make use of it um now Sometimes there's environmental guilt. But, again, your home is not a trash can. 
If you have items that you can sell or donate, that will help the environment as well. But you can't just keep things in your home that are trash just because you don't want to contribute to the environmental uh, problems. You've already purchased it. You already have it. You don't need it. You don't want it. So sell it or donate it to someone that is actually going to use it. Uh, emotional clutter are those sentimental clutter. You know, when someone passes away, sometimes you feel like you have to keep everything that was passed down to you um, from a family member that passed away. Or you feel like uh, if you get rid of their things, you're getting rid of a part of them. But really, it's a way to, to keep yourself from accepting the fact that they have passed. They are no longer here. And you have to realize that you, those items are not your loved one. And you can't keep everything that your loved one owned just because they've passed away. You know, be grateful for the memories that you have and um, that and for the time that you spent with that person. But now keep, you know, one or two items from the collections of items that you were given. Keep one or two memories and let the rest go and again donate or sell so that they can be used by someone that really is going to need them or use them now there's also comparison guilt we kind of touched on this a little bit before when we talked about envy but she used the example Everybody has a um, air fryer or everyone has a uh, Instapot. But she said the Instapot was so hard for her to learn how to use. And she was in a season of her life that she was busy with her kids and busy with so many activities. She didn't really have the time to learn how to use it. So she didn't like it. She felt guilty that everybody else had one and loved it. Why didn't she? And then finally she just decided, you know what? I'm not going to use it. I'm going to go back to my crock pot or whatever. And she sold it to someone that wanted it and she let it go and she didn't have any regrets. And I think that's sometimes how we are. You know, we want something that everybody else says is absolutely fantastic. We get it and then we don't use it. We don't find it to be as fantastic. And then we feel like we've wasted our money on something that we're not using. So we hold on to it, trying to talk ourselves into using it. And it just becomes a cycle of guilt. Um, so there's uh, also... Just plain out disgust. You know, we're disgusted with our home. We're disgusted with this. We don't like how this is and this and that. And we need to have empathy. Treat yourself like you would a friend. Just relax. Take it easy. And um, that goes back to gratitude. Again, gratitude and content with what we have.
sadness, you know, not only sadness when someone has passed away, but just there may just be sadness, you know, in general. But we can make these memory boxes also, we can create memory boxes or memory albums that can um, replace some of the items that we just don't have room for. Make a memory bin. Because again, the objects are not your loved one. Anxiety may keep us from decluttering. The silent to-do list causes us a lot of anxiety. Um, and the things that can help us there are taking walks and journaling, taking smaller bite-sized steps to decluttering. Overwhelm can keep us from decluttering, but we need to trust ourselves one step at a time. Just take one step at a time. Now, mental barriers are limiting beliefs about ourselves, our capabilities, our potential, and our self-worth. And some things that um, hinder us there are our beliefs. And Teddy uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, believe you can and you are halfway there. All right, now a little bit of a review of some of the things that she wants to teach in her YouTube videos is Marisa talks to people about why decluttering seems to be hard for some of us and what we can do to work through those difficulties to conquer the clutter. So this is kind of a, a review of what we've been talking about in the last two um, you, um, podcasts. She says, if you struggle with indecisiveness, make a plan and know where things will go once you have decluttered them. Be sure to act quickly. She also says, by the time I was in my 20s, tragedy, loss, and grief just left me with this inability to let go of things. And decluttering is what helped me set, uh, decluttering is what helped set her free. Um, Marisa says, studies have found that clutter increases cortisol, the stress hormone. It can make you feel anxious and depressed, but also it affects your physical health. Now, decluttering is hard due to mental reasons, mental barriers, and physical barriers. Common emotions behind clutter are boredom, envy, fear, guilt, disgust, sadness, anxiety, and overwhelm. These are all the things that we've been talking about in the, in the last uh, podcast and this one. These mental barriers include having limiting beliefs, indecisiveness, and lack of motivation. Physical barriers can be 
physical barriers can be a person's mobility, impairments, acute and chronic, fatigue, acute or long-term illness, and neurocognitive disorders. Emotional barriers can often be overcome by focusing on a more positive feeling. For example, boredom can be counteracted with contentment and finding positive ways to focus your energy and money instead of overspending or shopping and well and overspending this is the same thing <laughs> but if you are feeling overwhelmed seek help from friends or family trust yourself and your abilities and she says overcome a lack of motivation by setting small achievable goals know how you will respond if something goes wrong some tips to declutter around physical barriers are to make a plan use removal services when possible and get help from family and friends schedule rest time and give yourself some grace and now I'm going to go ahead and talk to you about how Dana K. White says you can get through some of these barriers. Dana K. White talks to us and her YouTube viewers about the root of these excuses that people use when dealing with clutter and how to bust through them. Getting started is the hardest part, so focus on one small thing you can do in a difficult situation. Often doing the thing you can do then helps you break down and break through what you think you cannot accomplish and get done in your decluttering process. This is for when you're overwhelmed and struggle with decluttering. Dana K. White says one of the things that I want to make sure we say from the beginning is these are generally based on legitimate challenges, like real things that people face. But I'm here to say as the person who's done it, it is possible to break through them. And I can hear her voice. I've listened to her enough of her videos that I can actually hear her voice as uh, she's, I read that statement. Now, the percentage of people who are feeling mentally exhausted is so much higher now than three years ago because of the last several years that we've been through. The container concept that she talks about in some of her videos means realizing that containers are meant to serve as limits. The bookshelf is your limit the, for books. The house is your limit for all the things that you have. Don't, you know, you don't need a storage unit. Um, your closet is your closet. Um, let go of enough items to where your clothes fit in your closet. Now, you may be able to switch out seasonal items under your bed or in another location, but for the most part, 
your container is your container. Your refrigerator is your refrigerator. You can't stuff more things in there than it will fit. And, you know, unlike my mom who buys a two refrigerators and two freezers so she can stuff as much food in there as possible. It's not necessary. Um, so feeling like you have no time to declutter is actually about what you do with your time. Dealing with sentimental clutter is legitimately challenging. Often you keep something because you have an image in your head about what you plan to do with it, but that image may never match the reality of your life. You may find that that's really not who you are. When you keep everything in case you need it later and it's in piles or shoved in closets, then you may not know that you what you actually have. It's going to get lost. It's shoved to the back or shoved to the bottom. Uh, you're just not able to find what you need when you need it. Now, here are some things to do. If you are facing decision fatigue and don't want to deal with the emotional toll of decluttering, start with looking for trash to discard first. That's what Marisa said also. Marissa also said, you know, start with the trash. That's somewhere to start. Deal with anything that has an established home but is out of place. Put that all in a basket to move to outside of the room when it's time to move it to where it belongs. Okay? Gather any obvious donations. Again, this reduces clutter before requiring an emotional decision. These are things you already know you're ready to let go of. Now, when dealing with more challenging sentimental clutter, ask yourself, where would you look for this item first if you needed it? Answer an instinct and take it there immediately to see if it fits. For example, where would I look for this flashlight if I needed it? Then that's where it needs to be stored. It may not be the garage. It may be the utility drawer in your your kitchen. Same with batteries. Where would you look for them? Light bulbs, where would you look for them? Put them in the place that pops into your head the most. When I put phone numbers in my um, phone book on my phone, I don't use their names because I will never remember their names. All the doctors are listed under doctors. All my clients are listed under clients and then their name. And then I have their, you know, their contact information. But I put clients so I'll know that they're a client. Um, if there's something that they told me that I should remember, I will put client, first name, um, their last name, and then by their last name, I will put something they they mentioned to me that I need to remember so that if they call me again, I will remember what they've told me in the past that I need to remember. I know those are weird ways to remember things, but it works 
for me. So you, you have to work with the way your mind works. Where would you look for that phone number if you needed to look call them? Where would you look for an item if you were looking for it? Um, all right. If you are saving an item for later use, ask yourself if you needed it, would it even occur to you that you already had it? Would you remember that you had it? Would you know where you had it stored? Would you even go looking for it? Is your space so cluttered that you wouldn't realize you had it and you would go out and buy it again? All right, guys, these are things to think about when decluttering. These are the things that make decluttering hard. These are the things that we need a mindset change for so that we can tackle them and get the job done. All right, guys, this was a two-part series. I wasn't sure if we were going into a three-part series, but of course, this is a podcast. I'm sure we'll tackle this subject again later on down the road, but I am so glad that you came to listen and to uh, watch this podcast, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you for watching.